I think all of us in Long Beach uh, are uh, have always um, led and want to ensure that we are a city that's compassionate, that's kind, um, and that's welcoming. And welcome to the show, folks. You're listening to KLBP, Long Beach Public Radio. My name is Kevin Flores, editor at Forth.org, and this is City Council Meeting Notes, bringing you a recap of what went down at the Long Beach City Council meeting each week. We'll talk about the decisions, the stakes, and the occasional drama. That was Mayor Robert Garcia you heard at the top of the show just before the city council voted to enter into an agreement with the federal government to temporarily house migrant children at the Long Beach Convention Center. We'll get into all that a little bit later in the show. Right now, let's talk about housing. More specifically, the council held a study session before the normal meeting on Tuesday to receive a progress report on the city's efforts to update their housing element. Every eight years or so, cities across California have to turn in what's called a housing element to the state. And essentially, it's a document that lays out the city's plans and strategies to meet its regional housing requirements. Now, each cycle, the state assigns each city an amount of new housing units that need to be built in order to keep up with population growth. This is known as the Regional Housing Needs Assessment. And and yes, ladies and gentlemen, and my non-binary folks, we are entering into the weeds here. Let's go a little bit further. So... Each city is responsible for providing adequate land to accommodate the number of units the state says are needed. But whether those units actually get built is a whole different story. In the current cycle, which started in 2014 and ends this year, the state said Long Beach needed just over 7,000 new units. But when the city crunched the numbers, only about 17% of those units had actually been permitted, with the city falling way short on its affordable housing targets. Now this is pretty much in line with what's happening in most other major cities in the state, thus why California has a massive housing shortage right now. And depending on who you ask, the state needs to build between a million and 3.5 million units in the next few years, which is likely why Long Beach's housing targets are even more ambitious this time around. The state says the city will need to make space for 26,000 new units in the next eight years, a nearly fourfold increase from the previous cycle's target, and over half of those units will need to be affordable. Planning Bureau Manager Patricia Diefendorfer said that based on an analysis of recent projects in the city, Long Beach is on track to have more than enough space to accommodate 26,000 units. Based on um, recent projects and evaluation of the average densities and all the different criteria that we talked about, uh, we it was determined or uh, that the place type scenario could accommodate the number of units by essentially about 28,000 units. Moving on, the, we had to do further analysis in order to ensure that there were sufficient sites that were uh, larger than the minimum uh, lot sizes or site sizes that would accommodate affordable units. And after doing uh, additional analysis and looking at densities for um, affordable units for sites that are larger than half half acre as required by the state law, we were able to um, show the ability to accommodate about 
30, almost 31,000 units. Tuesday's study session also gave the public a sneak peek at some of the other figures that will be included in the housing element, shedding light on some pretty grim realities about housing in Long Beach. For example, an eye-popping 53% of renter households in the city are considered cost-burdened, meaning that more than a third of their income goes to paying for housing. While that's slightly lower than in LA, it's higher than in the Bay Area, according to the data the city compiled. Overcrowding also seems to be a problem in Long Beach, which is typically caused by limited housing and increasing rents, with Latinos being by and far the most affected, with 27% of all Latino households being overcrowded, according to the city officials. Here's Deputy Director of Development Services, Christopher Kuntz. There are two levels of overcrowding. So um, the way it's defined, there's overcrowding, um, and we have a rate of 11% of overcrowding. And while it is a concern that it, it's not a great concern because it's calculated as number of persons per room, but where we have extreme overcrowding, um, which is about 7% um, of renters, that's where it becomes a health concern. So to have the right number of parking spaces for their populations. The rate of households living in overcrowded conditions is also higher in Long Beach than the state and national average, officials said during the study session Tuesday. The full housing element is expected to be released sometime in June. You're listening to KLBP 99.1 FM, Long Beach Public Radio. After the break, the council agreed to temporarily house migrant children at the convention center. We'll discuss the terms of the deal, plus the Queen Mary is quickly becoming the hottest potato in town. Stay with us.
Kevin Flores, editor at 4th.org, and you're listening to City Council Meeting Notes on KLBP 99.1 FM. The council this week also agreed to lease the Long Beach Convention Center to the federal government to temporarily house migrant children. According to the plan voted on by the council, the facility would provide meals, recreational opportunities, educational services, and medical and health evaluations for the up to 1,000 migrant children while they wait to be reconnected with a family member or a sponsor in the U.S. The use of the 400,000 square foot arena as an emergency intake facility by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services uh, will last 120 days and is expected to come at no cost to the city, officials said. It will also not interfere with the ongoing COVID-19 vaccination efforts at the convention center. While most of the public commenters who phoned in on Tuesday were supportive of the agreement, a protest was held outside of the council chambers. Let's listen to Gabby Hernandez, the executive director of the Long Beach Immigrant Rights Coalition, list the demands protesters had for local officials. Four, we demand that this facility does not increase ICE or police presence in our communities. I'm going to repeat that again. We demand that this facility does not increase ICE presence or police presence in this city. We do not want to see cars in downtown that are going to scare people away. We already get you we already know that USCIS has an office here and it already scares a lot of people. And rightfully so, because it separates family and destroys your life. So we don't want to see any CBP cars, any any type of immigration um, cars here. So I hope Back that inside the council chambers, 9th District Councilmember Rex Richardson emphasized that the facility would only be in operation temporarily. He also asked uh, Director of Disaster Preparedness, Reginald Harrison, about the reunification process. And the purpose of this facility, to be clear, it is not child prison. It is, it is family reunification. And, and I want staff to make sure that they're clear on the purpose of this as we move forward. I uh, just have a quick question. Um, so can we, can, can staff, uh, do these children already have sponsors or family identified the children who are coming to this facility? Um, council member, um, our understanding is that yes, these children have all, um, uh, have identified, uh, family members that are here in the United States or sponsors. And so HHS, uh, through this process will go through confirming, uh, those relationships and making contact, um, uh, with those with those families and and those families and I've you know looked at some of the reports some of these families are, are, are across the country they're not necessarily just right. here in Southern California area so um, so there is still um, you know some logistical um, procedures that they'll need to get, to get through to actually make those um, uh, those connections but uh, yes my understanding is that these children have all identified positive connectivity with family members or sponsors here. Sixth District Councilmember Suli Saro asked about one of the other concerns protesters had, whether the facility will bring along with it an increase in the presence of immigration and customs enforcement agents. Here's what Long Beach Police Chief Robert Luna said in response. The federal agency ICE will not be involved, at least from what we've been told, in any of those. Um, the police department uh, will only have responsibility if we're called there for an emergency. Uh, or we deal with anything on the exterior uh, that involves a convention center. 
The San Diego Convention Center was also recently converted into an emergency intake facility to help federal immigration authorities respond to the influx of unaccompanied migrant children crossing the southwest border. Mayor Robert Garcia said the facility here at home could begin receiving migrant children within a week of the agreement being finalized. Let's turn now to the latest chapter in the saga of the Queen Mary. The council this week decided to explore the possibility of giving over control of the historic ocean liner to the Board of Harbor Commissioners, whose members are appointed by the mayor and approved by the council. The move comes about three months after the Queen Mary's current operator, Urban Commons, filed for bankruptcy, the latest in a long line of operators that have gone broke over the years. Representatives of Urban Commons have said that they plan to auction off the Queen Mary's lease. But one thing is clear, the city-owned ship, which is currently under the authority of the council, is in need of some serious TLC. It's estimated to need about $200 million in repairs. Back in 2016, the city paid Urban Commons about $23 million to complete 27 critical repairs, but it's unclear if those repairs were ever completed. The city auditor's office is currently looking into how that money was spent, but recently reported that Urban Commons has not cooperated with their investigation. The council held a closed session meeting on Tuesday to talk about potentially transferring control of the ship to the unelected Harbor Commission before the discussion was opened up to the public. Second District Councilmember Cindy Allen, in whose district the ship is moored, said she wants the discussion to remain transparent going forward. I want to make sure that the discussion is public and transparent, and tonight's discussion is a first step to um, in beginning these transparent conversations. Public engagement is going to be key in this process. The city manager will explore handing over responsibility for the ship to the Harbor Commission and will report back to the council within 60 days. And that's all I got for you this week, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, the City Council meets the first three Tuesdays of the month. You can follow along with our live coverage of each meeting on Twitter at LBC Meeting Notes. You can also catch this program every Thursday and Sunday at 11 a.m. on KLBP 99.1 FM. You can also listen on demand on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Special thanks to our editor, Gabe Rales, the music by my colleague Esther Kang. My name is Kevin Flores, editor at Forth.org. Take care.
Time for the ego landing 